turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I do not try to hide, nor do I make any apologies for the fact that I am an evangelical Christian. It has provided me the greatest joy of my life, and uh, I can have no greater joy than helping someone else discover the peace that I have discovered through my faith in Christ as my Savior. I'm going to uh, delve into how that intersects with our politics and our culture in this hour of the Bruce Woolley Show, and I want to cite as a way to get into that conversation, which will also touch on critical race theory, transgenderism, and a lot of the other issues that we're confronting today, the way to get into it is to apprise you of what happened yesterday in Finland. Uh, the Finnish government has put Christianity on trial by calling the Bible hate speech. Yes, the Bible is hate speech. Uh, two Christian leaders in Finland were on trial yesterday for publicly stating what? The Bible's teachings on sex and marriage. Now, if you've kept abreast of the news in Canada lately, they unanimously, whatever they call their House of Commons or government, whatever it is, unanimously passed a law called C4 that makes it a crime to try to counsel someone out of a homosexual or transgender lifestyle. A crime. You can be sent to prison for doing that, for trying to counsel your child or someone else out of a homosexual or transgender lifestyle. This, of course, is the Bible's teaching. I'm not in enforcement. I'm just in marketing. Don't blame me. Read it for yourself. And it should be said up front because people always mistake conversations about these matters. There is no grade on homosexuality or transgenderism or any other sexual sin as greater than any sin like foul language or violence or gluttony or anything like that. might be less offensive to us. It's not less offensive to God. He's a perfect, holy God. Every sin is incompatible with his nature and is disqualifying of you and anyone else as acceptable in his sight unless, unless you claim Christ's perfection as your own. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ in a nutshell. And that is what these two people on trial in Finland were given the opportunity to do in open court, was to share about man's sin nature and to talk about the cleansing blood of Christ as they were being accused of forwarding hate speech with prosecutors reading out loud in this Finnish court passages from the Bible about homosexuality and other things. So quoting the Bible 
according to Finland, according to prosecutors in Finland, quoting the Bible accurately is a crime. They wouldn't be on trial if they weren't accused of a crime. You say Finland's a long way away. It is a long way away. But do we not see in our culture here, do we not view the same hostility toward the Bible, toward Christianity, toward these kinds of teaching? Do we not see evidence of that in our culture? Do you think for a second, if Hillary Clinton had gotten elected to the the presidency and had been able to appoint the three Supreme Court justices that instead Donald Trump got to appoint, that this wouldn't be more of an imminent threat here now than it is already with, well, I'm going to say it's a five and 5.25 to 3.75 edge conservatives to liberals on the court because Roberts is more of a squish than he is a conservative. <clears throat> So one of these people on trial is a medical doctor and the other is a pastor's wife. The prosecutor on more than one occasion questioned whether these two people have an allegiance to Finnish law or to scriptural truth. They had to pick between one or the other. Now, one of the observers said, I would characterize this day as a modern-day inquisition. And the two defendants were on trial against the new sexual orthodoxy of the day. Uh, One of these people, why were they on trial? They had the temerity to criticize, in a blog post, Finland's state church. Yes, they have a state church in Finland. We do not have a state church here. It's against the Constitution to do so. But in England, they had an official state church. A lot of countries have an official state church. The official Finland State Church sponsored a pride parade, posting a tweet. Well, she posted a tweet of the pride parade with a Bible verse superimposed on the picture. Probably something about the evils of homosexuality and how it separates you from acceptability in God's sight. So this is a thing in Finland. This is a thing in Canada. And I think we are... Foolish if we think it will not become at some point in time, either in your lifetime, my lifetime, or the lifetime of my children, a thing here. U.S. lawmakers have taken note. U.S. senators wrote a letter yesterday to the Finnish government saying this. We are greatly concerned that the use of Finnish law is tantamount to a secular blasphemy law. It could open the door for prosecution of other devout Christians, Muslims, Jews, and adherents of other faiths for publicly stating their religious beliefs. Who signed the letter? Ah, let's do the roll call, shall we? Marco Rubio, Josh Hawley, James Lankford, Jim Inhofe, and Mike Braun. Republican, 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 Republican. No Democrats. Not a one. Not Sherrod Brown. Not Chuck Schumer. Not Amy Klobuchar. Not Elizabeth Warren. Not a one. Signed the letter sent to Finland advocating for religious freedom. The people on trial face fines and imprisonment for up to two years. The trial ran long yesterday. This, of course, shows you the ignorance of the prosecution, right? Thinking that they could in one day, (laughs) in one day, sufficiently put the Bible on trial. 
Ah, it'll take a day. Well, probably, probably a long lunch and we'll be good. So the trial has been continued to February the 14th. It will conclude that day, they think, and then they will render a decision two to four weeks after that. The Bible as hate speech. So here we are in an era where it is becoming increasingly viewed as intolerant, hateful, evil, to call out sin for what it is, for calling out behavior that is, by the way, personally destructive to the individual practicing it, whether it's drug abuse, whether it's sexual promiscuity, whether it's transgenderism. It is all personally destructive to the person. Now you say, who are you to say that? I'm telling you everything in my life is viewed through the prism of my faith. I serve a loving God. I have to believe that because if I didn't serve a loving God, why would he send his son to die for me in, a, in the only possible way to make me acceptable to him? That's a pretty loving act. He's provided a way for me to be reconciled from my sin, which I could not do on my own. He provided a way for me to do it. That's a loving God who does that. So if he cared enough about me to do that, then I should realize, wow, there's a God who has my best interest at heart. I should do what he says to do. I should live the way he says to live. Realizing, of course, I'm not going to do it perfectly, but that my forgiveness has already been granted. It's already been settled. So when those of you out there who are secular and those of you who think that Christians are hateful and wonder how could we ever say that transgenderism is evil or homosexuality is evil or abortion is evil or drug abuse is evil or any of these things are evil, it is not out of a finger-wagging, you're worse than me, what's wrong with you attitude. It is out of a, this is personally destructive for you, we know this because God says not to do it, and we know that God is a loving God. And we also do not have the ego to think he loves us more than he loves you. He doesn't love me more now that I'm endeavoring to live the way he wants me to live than he did when I didn't endeavor to live the way he wants you to live. That's a mind bender for a lot of people, but his love for each of us is fixed. The only difference is what kind of relationship we have with him based upon how we are or are not in accordance with the way he's telling us to live. So we're going to get into next, knowing all this and seeing all this happening in Finland and seeing all this happen in Canada, how do we bear up against challenges to our faith here? I heard last night a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps who was challenging the vaccine mandate on a faith basis do it extremely eloquently in a great way for all of us to emulate as we have these conversations and battle in this forum. That's next on The Bruce Hooley Show. So last night on Tucker Carlson, he had a guest. The guest's name is Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Duncan is an elite aviator with the U.S. Marine Corps. He is among the Marines who asked for and has been rejected in a request for a faith exemption 
from the vaccine mandates. I was so taken with Lieutenant Colonel Duncan's manner. First thing he said when he came on was, this is, you should know, not the approved opinion of the U.S. Marine Corps or of our military leadership in the United States. So he got that out. He didn't, there was no bitterness. There was no anger. There's no animosity in anything that he said. First topic that he tackled with Tucker Carlson is, kind of seems like a bad idea when we're on the cusp of some kind of possible military conflict with Russia to be denying faith-based vaccine exemptions, which would, if they continue to be denied on appeal, remove, I don't know, 300 elite aviators from our military forces. Not a good idea. We do believe that, yes, we have a reasonable argument. We've asked uh, our leadership immediately, as well as our congressional leadership, to inquire as to really the cost-benefit analysis of losing several hundred very qualified aviators. Uh, The average time and grade for those aviators is 14 years. And also to just consider the second and third order effects and consequences um, of what they have to offer. I'm not unique in my situation. There are many incredibly qualified individuals with a tremendous amount of experience, and we believe that that could be a detriment to national defense in the event we separate that many aviators. Plainly stated, dispassionately stated, not putting himself ahead of other people. He noticed he didn't mention, hey, I've flown 300 combat missions. I've landed 200 times on an aircraft carrier. And they're getting rid of me because I won't take a stupid shot. No, that's how I might have handled it in my anger. It's not how Scott Duncan handled it. A great, great demonstration of standing for truth with the peace of knowing the truth is on your side, but without the kind of shrill responses that provoke anger in others. Tucker Carlson asked Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan, what's the basis of your faith objection? Well, the problems we had personally with the vaccine, and we understand there's a reasonable disagreeance. Um, we do disagree with the pedigree and the technology maturation over time. Uh, that's one issue. The other is just a conviction by the Holy Spirit, and I believe we are led in that fashion. And we do not have any peace about the vaccine itself. And we also believe that we have an inherent right uh, to our own body. We believe that that is a right that is conferred on us from a maker and creator, and that that is the foundation of the Constitution with which we defend. So those were all the basis primarily of the religious accommodation that has been both requested, denied, and then subsequently appealed. So he gave a science answer, he gave a faith answer, and he gave a patriotism answer, all in the same even tones, which I think reflects the peace that he has, knowing that the truth is on his side. Here's how the interview wrapped up between Tucker Carlson and Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan. I cannot resist asking you, you've flown over 300 combat missions. I assume you thought when you were flying those and risking your life and landing on carriers at night, the most dangerous thing any human being can do, that you were defending the U.S. Constitution. In other words, your right to have your own religious views. Didn't you think that? Yes, sir. No, we absolutely. I mean, we believe everything we've done up to date uh, in honorable service, as well as what we're doing now, is consistent with those views. Uh, That view is just not shared by some uh, leadership within the Department of Defense. And so we believe this is a very reasonable and um, above reproach way to express our concerns. Yeah. God, it's just there's so you're so restrained and gentlemanly. And I appreciate that. But underneath it all is, is one of the sadder stories ever. So we're certainly rooting for you. Thank you very much for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me, sir.
Interesting, isn't it, how Lieutenant Colonel Duncan's manner made that kind of an impression on Tucker Carlson. He's so restrained, and I would say peaceful as well. So that's a guy to pray for. Now, we have an opportunity to do our own Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan performance. Not that it was not genuine, but response, response would be a better word. On a whole myriad of topics, there is a sick, sickening movement in evangelicalism now to appeal to people on an inclusive basis. I don't know any other way to tell you this than to tell you the flat-out truth, and that is there are many churches that will lead you horribly astray on things like social justice, on inclusivity, on diversity, on equity. Anytime you hear those words, man, run. Here's a novel idea. Attend a church that preaches from the Bible. Okay? Now, I'm sure there will be those heretics like Tim Aaron's First Congregational Church of Columbus who would say that you can't be an authentic Christian unless you are advocating for social justice. Now, this is an important topic, but it is also one where you need to understand the difference. You can be an advocate for justice, but to embrace a movement like BLM and the one, I will even say noble, characteristic of BLM is not at all necessary for you to embrace the many unnoble aspects of BLM. Everything good in any movement, whether it's BLM, whether it's whatever it is, everything good is contained within the gospel. Everything bad is outside the gospel. So just embrace the gospel. Any movement like BLM, social justice, anything like that, what is it about? It is about blame It is about assigning blame. It is about finding fault. Okay, so let's go back because the devil's playbook on this kind of stuff never changes. It never changes. Let's go back to original sin in the Garden of Eden. What happened in the Garden of Eden that is still happening today with BLM, with social justice warriors? think you'll be enlightened when I give you that answer next on The Bruce Woolley Show. 